jocks in the pool That is not cool, I need the tools Take me to school, feet first Into this league, me first That cannot be, under the underdog Monica G Feeling a whole lot better suddenly I get in with it, win it again You're one and two in the bag and I'm going for three That is the beat down, got her the best So I keep now, y'all tread in water for weeks Now, now I'm the shark so I eat Now, look, I am not sorry I understood the pun from which I started And never getting these drafts is cathartic, so Dynasty underdog bite down Up at the day and the night now Easy as flying a kite now Come take a look at it right now Dynasty underdog bite down Up at the day and the night now Easy as flying a kite now Come take a look at it right now Everyone, welcome to episode 19 of Dynasty Underdog Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Dawkins. Joined with me, as always, is Josh Goldberg from Any Given Pod. Uh, Billy, or <laughs> Billy Beeman. Uh, Josh Goldberg could not be with us tonight. So, um, how are you doing, Billy? I'm great, and I'm leaving it just like that. We're That's leaving fine. it just like that. <laughs> no, no, I'm good, man. Good. Uh, man, I had a routine there. Hey, but tonight we have a special guest, uh, David Willie. He's on Twitter. He goes by at Wilsonator. Welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, glad to be here. And kept you guys waiting a few minutes, but hopefully I'll make up for it. That's ah, all good, man. We had nothing better to do. Yeah, exactly. Me, me, me and Uriah are just shooting the shit anyway, talk, talking about our dynasty leagues. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much what a podcast is anyway. So. <laughs> G- gave me time to bounce a couple trade ideas off of him, that's all. <laughs> all right, so uh, let's go ahead and get into some news here. Week 12 news notes. So big one that's still ongoing, I thought would actually kind of be resolved or be going on tonight, is the Baltimore-Pittsburgh game got moved from Thanksgiving, uh, moved back to – Maybe they talked about possibly Monday, and then they're like, okay, we'll do it Tuesday. And then it was yesterday, which is Monday. They're like, nah, they haven't flown out yet, so we're going to do it Wednesday. And so now they're saying that they're going to play it tomorrow, Wednesday, at like, uh, what, 1 Pacific time? So Yeah, 3. That's insane, right? 3 o'clock Eastern. Dude, I – you know, and now I just saw actually on Twitter. Um, I think you know all the all the big guys uh, tweeted out that they are flying right now. They just took off, and there were two two positive tests today. So I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing oh, here? Oh <laughs> man, like it's at the point where it's almost just. I know nobody would really like it, but just shut it down for two weeks. Just shut it down for two weeks, and they bring everybody back fresh. And I don't know. If, it's uh yeah it's it's, it's pretty ridiculous <laughs> yeah no it's tough like i don't even you know I, I hear that and i don't think it's a terrible idea necessarily and I, I don't like it you know what i mean because i i want the season to just continue kind of i mm-hmm. i really don't want it but <laughs> and it seems like it's just this one game but we have had like positive tests here and there on almost every team you know over the past week so you're not wrong like i don't know if it's a good idea to shut it down and 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 start it up again, and maybe we'll be clear. But this is this is no good, man. What is it, eleven guys missing from Baltimore, and they're gonna play this game? You know, oh, we just man. we just we had Denver quarterback. With, yeah. We had Denver with yeah. no quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah, like that's like, insane. Do you guys have any players uh, on any of your like most important teams that are either on Baltimore or Pittsburgh? And what are you guys doing with them? Did you guys play somebody else on Sunday just to be safe, or are you guys rolling the dice? Yeah, I just I it was really only. Dobbins for me I, I really don't have any other Ravens or I don't have too many Steelers either so it was that wasn't exactly like a super difficult one to you know sit down it wasn't like I'm losing you know Derrick Henry out of my lineup or anything like that but uh 
Yeah, I didn't even worry about it. I just found another option that probably, you know, I figured would be just as a safe floor to be just as productive. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I had some people ask me, you know, what, what I would do in that situation over the weekend. And, you know, I said, if you can find a replacement for him, definitely do it. Like if you have somebody who's close, then you know, there's no reason to, to, to risk it like this, but it, it's interesting having guys like Deontay Johnson or, or, you know, big, big name guys who, who, who are probably going to play. I've been saying this, we've been talking about this, like the NFL is hell bent on playing these games. We should have known they're going to play this no matter what. So I, you know, I don't know. It's interesting. I'm, I'm kind of <laughs> thinking back on that advice. Like, should, should you have played your Pittsburgh guys? Cause they, they, they probably go off in this game. That's a good point. I, I know that. And I think most of my leagues one way or another, um, the commissioners have had like allowed a substitute like, okay, say what guy you want to substitute just in case they cancel the game. They haven't had to use it yet, but you know, at least I've had that option. So I think there's only really one league for me personally where it really mattered where I had like Deontay Johnson, but I'm going to win that week anyway. So. Yeah. I don't have any of these guys. Surprisingly, it's really weird. Like, I I mean, a couple of my dynasty teams are doing good. Maybe that's why my other ones aren't because I don't have guys on Baltimore (laughs) and Pittsburgh. (laughs) But Uh, um, yeah, I don't know. I I got a a question yesterday on Twitter, you know, as I'm driving home from work, I'm reading it. And he says, he says he's down 30 points and he's got Russ and he's got Lockett. And so right there, I'm like, you should be fine. You, You should be good. You know, you should be all right. And then he says, I have Mark Andrews. He's like, should I pick up Hollister Disley or Richard Rogers and just play it safe. And I was like, Oh man, it's just, I was like, it's really tough with Baltimore and Pittsburgh right now. Like, I don't know. And I was like, Disley and Hollister, like, yeah, tight ends can be good there, but like, you never know who it's going to be on a given week, even when, you know, Greg Olson goes down, like you still haven't found a guy and he's throwing to the wide receivers so much anyways. And I was like, looking back through the game logs and did a little look and I was like, wow, Rogers, Rodgers has been solid the last few weeks. You know, I was like, ah, maybe I think you'll be safe with Russ and Lockett, even, you know, but I would maybe play the, I would make, yeah, it's like I would maybe play the safe floor and, and grab Rodgers. Yeah. And I'm sitting there through that whole game, just like, oh my God, like Russ isn't doing nothing. Lockett hasn't done a damn thing. And Richard Rodgers has two catches for 20 yards. And I'm just like, dude, I let him down so bad, so hard. And I saw that ball fly into the end zone and 85 walk out. And I just stood with the hands to the ceiling, just like, yeah. (laughs) Just how you planned it. Just how you planned it, too. Hail Mary. Hail Mary. (laughs) You know, it's bailed out big time. uh, Oh, man. Actually, it's funny that Richard Rodgers called. I, he was um, a waiver wire pickup of mine, like I think a week or two ago. Cause I, it, it's funny. And this was a personal thing. I picked him up a few weeks back. I dropped him because he had a zero and then he had a bye week right after it. And I was like, well, I need to do whatever. And then he comes back and has, I think it might be like three 10 plus point games in a row. It was, it was like a 15 or and 17 or something before this last one. So um, I mean, it's a good call, man. Like, as, you know, it, it, it all, you know, as lucky as that last one was, it worked out. So <laughs> it worked out. Yeah, exactly. Results. Yeah. Results. W is a W. <laughs> w is a W. Yeah. I, that was, that was funny, man. That was, that was some good stuff right there. Vindication. Yeah. yeah. We get it right sometimes. All right. Yeah. Some, uh, 
other big news was Will Fuller. We all should have seen this coming because he's been so healthy uh, this year. <laughs> oh, man. But, I uh, wanted gonna... to make jokes, but I didn't want to make jokes. You, you know, have to. Just, you have to. I was like, no, no. It's Will Fuller, though, man. Like, this was the season. Yeah. <laughs> I always call him. a great season, too. He so. was. He was. I always call him paper mache hamstrings because that guy, they're like, they're paper thin, man. They, they just, and you see why they didn't this year. I really, I really, really believe that, you know, him taking the, the substance was honestly probably why he was healthy for for most of the season. And that's not a bad thing. Like yeah. he he's clearly a guy who needs some help getting through a season, you know, with, and, and you know, that we, we have that technology nowadays. I don't know. I don't, I don't have a huge problem with it. <laughs> I don't think fantasy managers do either. <laughs> no, yeah, they, they do now. They do. Yeah. Now. yeah. Like they, that's what was, he was top five, top, three or something like that like, yeah I'll, I'll pull it up here i believe he I can't was remember i thought i saw a top five i know i was talking to uh, one of the guys in my work leagues and uh he just we he just got the the news yesterday and he was like wait will fuller six six games i'm like yeah man he's like dude he's like that's the best player on my team i'm like <laughs> he's top eight I don't, I don't he, was, uh, he was number eight in uh sorry to cut you off there you're right but he, he's number eight in uh, ppr leagues Maybe something in like half PPR, he might be. That's insane. I don't think anybody saw that coming. So. He's fifth in half PPR. That's what you saw. Anyway, RIP to your uh, season if he was uh, your wide receiver one. So, but actually, chances chances are, if you had Fuller, uh, you're actually doing a lot better than you had expected, right? You probably didn't you didn't pay wide receiver one prices for him. So, I guess in the long in the long run, you're actually probably fine anyway. But. You know, he was just, he was like that cherry on top. He was doing extra for you. Well, he was pushing you over. He was likely pushing a lot of teams over the edge. You know yeah. what I mean? And now yeah. they've lost that that extra boost. So, yeah, it's it's tough, man. I mean, and it really, it, it screws Deshaun Watson up because now he's, you know, I mean, he's probably still a pretty good option, but he's it, he's very limited now compared. He has what Brandon Cooks and Kiki QT. I think even Randall, Randall Bob. Cobb is going to be, you know, hobbled they, for some of the season. They, didn't they just release Kenny Stills? Yes. Oh man, they yes. gotta be feeling bad about that. <laughs> like, bring Kenny Stills back. You think, you think they're on the phone? Like, hey, guy, uh, we're just choking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> April Fools in November. <laughs> Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they bring him back. Not oh, again. for sure. Yeah, why not? Yeah, I think that'd be a solid move. All right. So next thing I have is sorry. Uh, would you pick oh, Kenny boy. Stills up in fantasy? You think he's useful at all? If that if that happens, like, because because again, I mean, it's gonna be. Cooks, QT, and then I guess Cobb if he comes back. But how healthy is he going to be? And then there's Stills. If he gets picked back up, I would, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it's better than having him sitting out there. I mean, we don't know what he'll be. Like, he's the type of guy that, like, okay, you're going to pick up because you know it's, like, a, a decently smart move to make. But, like, I'm always going to have him on my bench that week in the first place. Yeah. And then I he's going to go off. Yeah. He'll go off for, like, 24 or 25. And I'm like, all right, that was so sweet, so smart of myself. I'll put him in my lineup the next week. And zero. Then me zero. <laughs> so, you know, I don't know. I've seen this happen so many times. Like, he's, uh, Kenny Stills is like, I feel like he's not a guy you want to play, but I agree. I think you should pick him up, especially in this kind of year. I was uh, writing something today, and I was talking about depth this year and how important it is. And it's like those guys that you kind of usually think you're like, oh, I could leave them on the wire. It won't matter. I almost think you could, you should reconsider when you say that and try to pick them up if you can, obviously like don't give up something that you need, but cause this year is just crazy. You'll see Randall, Randall Cobb, all of a sudden he's injured. And then Brandon Cooks is injured. Is injured. Now you just got Kenny Stills and Kiki QT and that's not good for football, but it's good for fantasy sometimes. It's good for so. fantasy. <laughs> 
All right, man. Next thing I got the Caldwell uh, GM Jaguars fired. So, I mean, it's not like huge news, right? He's been there for what, like eight years. Well, what a weird time, though, to do it. Like Jake Luton wasn't your thing. Mike Glennon's not your guy. So now get out of here. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. what a weird time to let him go. You know, like, what were they expecting to have happen? Yeah, I'm not sure. And like, he's already made all of his moves this year. So he's kind of put the team, I don't know, it's it's a weird time to, you're right, it's just a strange time to do it. But I guess when a team's going that, when it's going that bad, they just kind of give up and say, let's, let's call it. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Or, or it must have been like an internal thing. I don't know. Yeah, you know, he's been there a long time. So I guess, you know, ownership and those people making the decisions, you know, made a decision based off of years of, uh, you know, results or lack thereof. So, you know, uh, but they still kept Doug Marone as a head coach for now. So what I'm wondering is, what does this say? Because you know how my love for James Robinson, I will say I'm like, okay, James Robinson was drafted by this dude. You know, do I, should I worry? Or, you know what I mean? Well, I mean, he's, well, he, he, I don't think they have any reason to like really tone down you know, J-Rob's volume or anything like that. Like the, the season's not going anywhere, you know, and it, it's, it, obviously we could see that, like they're ready to, they're ready to give up. I mean, they, they tried Minshew for a while and, you know, he's in quotes hurt, maybe, I don't know. I mean, it was kind of a weird thing. And then went to Luton and uh, Glennon. I mean, I, I don't think, I don't think they have any reason to, to like just start spreading the ball around a bunch right now, you know? Sure. Uh, but what about next year? Like, are they going to, you know, without uh, Caldwell there, are they going to try to look to, I'll, I, I need to know, man, because I'm panicking. Like, I love this J-Rob <laughs> thing. And like, he's on one of my dynasty teams that's doing better than I, I thought it would. Look, I don't think this is, a, I don't think that with young, cheap running backs on, yeah. on their rookie contracts, I think you have very yeah. little to worry about, man. Run them into the ground, you know, it, I mean. It, there's That's what no, I want to hear. There's, there's no reason for the next guy to come in and say, get rid of this guy. And if they did, I think another team would gladly use it. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, I, and sure. I, don't, I don't think they're going around drafting. Like, or I, like I think we talked about this before. They have something in at that position. They can kind of go ahead and build a, a little bit around it. You know what I mean? While he's young. So, yeah, I, I don't think you have a problem there. Sweet. That's what I wanted to hear. <laughs> All right. Next, uh, next thing I got on here is Patricia. Uh, Matt Patricia fired. So, I think we all kind of saw that coming. Um, I still, I still, I bring it back all the time. Every time I see one of these head coaches fired, I'm like, Gase still has a effing job. What's going on here? <laughs> oh, man. The last, the last standing, man. Just, just never going to die. <laughs> what is dead may never die. I was listening to the, um, what podcast was it? I don't know. I think it was the CBS podcast or whatever, their fantasy football one. And they were, somebody was talking about, I think it was Jamie Eisenberg was talking about, he, he was hearing around the league that they were considering bringing Gase back. And I'm just like, how can the you? The look, the look on your how... face <laughs> when he said that. I don't get uh, it. How listeners can you... can't see it, but man, Honestly. the look is classic. <laughs> just this look of bewilderment, just like complete utter, like when you walk in the house and it's just completely torn to shit because your dog went nuts. <laughs> like, just what? Yeah, like, really? <laughs> and like, look, it, that, no, that could be complete BS, you know what I mean? So, whatever. But the, the fact that he's the last man standing kind of, makes me believe a little bit of it 
And I'm just like, how how can you do this again to the Jets, to the to the players on that team, to Sam Darnold? Like, please get Sam Darnold out there just just so we could see if he could flourish away from that that just dumpster fire over there. I don't know. It it's just bad. But um, back to Patricia. Uh, yeah, which was what we were talking about. You know, I think it's a. I think it was. I, don't, I mean, I don't know if it was the right time, but it, it needed to be done. Like, he, he was done there. He wasn't doing anything, you know, successful at that organization at all. Uh, I, I really have nothing. You know, the defense wasn't even good, and he's the defensive guy. Yeah, I, I'd agree. Yeah, it was, it was going to happen. You know, unlike the Jacksonville situation where kind of a head-scratching, like, what? Like, th- this one kind of makes a little more sense, you know. All right. Just thought I'd throw it out there. Something to talk about. So, all right, let's get to the fun part. We have you on the show. We want to talk about uh, what you do and uh, your running back uh, prospect comparison tool. Kind of get into that. So I just got some questions I want to run through with you, if that's cool, David. Absolutely. All right, man. Uh, what do you do, and where can folks find the work that you do? So I am a writer over at DLF, and you can find I actually uh, need to get on some some writing of some articles it's, it's been a minute but we also have a podcast uh, that comes out on the dlf platform uh the uh four corners fantasy podcast with me and another writer from dlf alfred and uh i also do weekly and yearly projections uh and like you said the uh running back model i developed that over the course of about eight months last year and uh, ran through and had some pretty pretty good results as far as draft capital projection. I hit on about 85 is like 85.2 percent accurate on the uh, the draft capital projections that were produced from the model, and hoping this year to maybe improve on that a little bit. So. Yeah, that'd be awesome. We're definitely going to ask you a little more about that too. Dude, yeah. you said you said you need to you need to write some more, but I think I think you did enough writing in that. Uh, in that running back comparison to our article for uh, for a while, it's, so you can you can rest it's easy. <laughs> no, uh, no, it's great, but it's just you you definitely were very thorough. Yeah, no, I, I wanted to do. I, everybody's got wide receiver models, you know, they're all over the place, and everybody's got. There's really good ones. There's tons of really good ones, and people that do tons of really good analytic work with wide receivers, and you just don't. I mean, there's running back models out there. But just from what I kind of noticed and looking around is a, a lot of them were very similar. It just, you know, kind of they you don't really have a lot of the same kind of data for running backs that you do for wide receivers. So you're kind of limited on what you can use. And so I was like, I want to try and make something new and unique and something that can put it in a different way, you know, not just this guy ran fast. He, he's big. He caught the football in college and he was drafted high. He'll be great. You know, that, cause that's, that's a lot of what it is. And uh, <clears throat> so I set out with some stuff that I had been working on for uh, FF statistics back when it was still around before DLF bought it out um, here before this last season. So I, had been doing a few things trying to get, 
trying trying to make efficiency in like a sticky efficiency metric, which is pretty much impossible. It's just a hard thing to do because efficiency is just not that sticky. And so I kind of turned it over into a, a different thing where it started working a little bit more with college running backs and trying to find something in uh, the amount of workload and the type of workload that could lead to future um, projections for like their ability to stay on the field. Like there, so I, cause I had seen a tweet that talked about, you know, this guy had, it was Jonathan Taylor, Cam Akers, JK Dobbins and DeAndre Swift and said how many 200 yard games they each had, you know, Taylor obviously up at the top. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just quickly went and looked at it and I was like, well, yeah, how many 20 plus yard or 20 plus carry games do each of them have, you know? And it was just, it was like a clear difference, obviously just went kind of right in line and somebody um, commented on that and they were like, you know, college wear and tear is real. See David Johnson. And I was like, you know, I want to try and look into this a little bit. And so I started plugging in. I went back to 2005 and took all all the drafted running backs from 2005 through 2019 and plugged all their data in and started playing around with things and ended up finding a decently uh i kind of developed a metric it's called volume based wear and tear and it correlates pretty dang good with and there's a lot of factors of course but you kind of the the guys kind of right in the middle that proved they could show the ability to handle a workload were kind of the best off. They stayed on the field the most guys who didn't handle a workload in college, a lot less time spent on the field than the pros. They also, it also correlates pretty well to how many carries they get. And then guys who handled a massive workload, it was similar to the guys who had almost nothing. So like it it was kind of, you wanted somebody in that sweet spot kind of right in the middle what was the uh, what was the cutoff uh, as far as like minimum amount of carries or minimum amount of yards? <laughs> so it's funny because I, I did it at a hundred because pretty much below like a guy, was like a guy like Antonio Gibson on your model. Not initially, I I put him in there and he basically broke it <laughs> because just how I mean the dude averaged like thirteen yards a touch over the course of his two years at uh, East Central CC. And then two years at Memphis. I mean, he was nuts. So like it basically just kind of broke the model in a good way. And so I put that hundred carry cut off there to kind of try and eliminate from things like that. And I actually went back like a week and a half ago and said, all right, screw it. Putting him in there anyways. Did put the him in there, thing. <laughs> And he, he came out. It was, it was JT, JT Dobbins, Swift, CEH. And Gibson would have came right after that. So it, uh, I'm just going to leave him in there. He'll be probably the only guy that's in there under 100 actual I, carries. But I think I he's mean, earned it. I think he's earned he, it. Exactly. I, I finally just said, hey, you know what, it's it's time. So, but yeah, I just I won't take up too much of the time. Like I said, the the article's pretty thorough. It's on my pinned tweet. If anybody wants to go read it, but I just tried to do something new. Ended up having some pretty good success with it and you know jt being the best graded producer 
in the model hasn't discouraged me one bit from this year with his production. Still a firm believer that it, the the man just needs to get a consistent workload. But fuck uh, out those haters, man. Yeah, I, no, I, I agree, man. <laughs> I mean, I, and at the same time, I got you know, I I kept getting told that I had take lock on CH, take lock on CH because I just kept him at number. I kept him after the the first initial four. I I didn't pass him over any of those guys, and I was like faith as a player overall as like based on the research which is through through the model and i you know i can't break that down in every single tweet that i tell people but <laughs> i'm saying my main concern was not ch is good my concern is ceh's ability to handle a large workload over a long period of time yeah and whether you want to call Le'Veon Bell the reason for his drop in carries and touches i mean it's been cut it went from 21 down to 10 after Le'Veon Bell came, but Le'Veon Bell's only touching the ball three more times a game than Daryl Williams was. I mean, yeah, so I don't maybe, know. Maybe they're saving him. I don't know. Yeah, maybe maybe uh, Bell's proven a point, uh, you know, validating your model in a way. Maybe they saw like, hey, maybe this guy can't handle the workload. And I think we actually talked about this uh, a couple of weeks ago. Is you're going to bring in Bell to kind of maybe CH can't handle it and you know prove what you're saying correct? Maybe he's just not a guy that can handle it, and so they got to bring in a a bigger dude like Bell that we all know who who can handle the workload. So yeah, fascinating yeah. stuff though, man. Yeah. So we're 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 trying over here to to do <laughs> something that hits and I've I know it'll take, you know, I've when I originally made it and started I just started blasting Twitter with stuff and it like it just looked like complete nonsense to people because nobody's ever heard of volume based wear and tear or distance traveled adjustment or physical toll grade, you know, nobody's ever heard of that stuff. So it took a while and I, you know, basically went in, a couple people told me like, hey, this is going to take some time, dude. This is going to, I mean, don't be shocked if you for, take a year or two before people really start grasping onto it. Just keep putting the stuff out and keep showing the results and then it'll take. And so it's, it's true, uh, man. It's, we didn't always have a Whopper or Air yards Ex or a dot or any of those exactly. that we use now. So, exactly. I, I told somebody one time that you know because everybody's everybody's got their model, and when you say my model in a tweet, everybody's like, oh my model, blah 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 blah. And I I hit somebody back with I was like, yep, just like everybody's model used to be my model, you know, like everybody had their my model originally. So, just just trying to trying to change it up a little bit and so far so good so no I, I like you did a great job explaining it man like it's uh it, it's a really thorough look at these at these prospects it just really quick question how far ahead does it look like how many is it just next year's prospects or is it so I, I, I was have, looking at it earlier but I, I just didn't even look at that yeah. part of it so I have through 2022 in there okay. is what it's in the one that's available for everybody to see right now. And I'm just, I <laughs> just, one. No, I have, <laughs> you don't want to see the official copy, man. It's twice as big. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's twice as big, but uh, I, I just got done updating the 2021 class for basically up to this point. And then I'll do it once again, after the season's completely over, I'm almost finished updating the 2022 class. And then I'm going to start plugging in 2023 for, you know, the freshman right now and stuff. So, uh, it'll, it'll go, uh, forward try. I'll try and keep it three years ahead. Um, so everybody from, you know, Debbie 
all the way up to redraft because it has it goes all the way into NFL analysis and stuff like that. There's a few, you know, like things like um, like versatility increase. It shows basically like there there's only like 17 running backs since 2005 out of like 175 that actually carry you know touch the ball 100 times and played in over 20 games. There's 17 that did not see more production in the passing game from college to the pros. So basically everybody sees an increase. You just got to find the right situations and the right players to know like who's good, who's got the chance to see the most increase. Cause I mean, Mel, yeah. Melvin Gordon wasn't always a pass catcher, you know? So. Yeah, it's true. All right, man, let's move on to some dynasty stuff. So hey, David, how many years have you been playing dynasty? I am fairly new, man. I am seven years into redraft, but only in my second season, I think, in Dynasty. Right? Hey, same with uh, us. So, yeah. <laughs> cool, man. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's a whole different animal, man. It's it's something else compared to, like, redraft just kind of easy. It's like, <laughs> not, not, not that winning is easy. You know, you still got to have your luck and everything, but, like, just play the waiver wire, throw a trade out every day. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, not very. I mean, you 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 find it real hard to find a, a redraft league that's like heavy into trading. You know, I mean, like you a lot of times don't even really have to worry about that. So, yeah. I mean, just play the wire, be the first there. You know, put it. You know, get the right guys, and it it doesn't uh, take a whole lot more than that. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. What is the favorite thing about dynasty for you what's the favorite aspect of dynasty oh man i i ask everyone this question because i'd love to hear i'd love to hear (laughs) draft draft season oh yeah that's a new one i don't know if we've heard that that much uh no i i love draft season man but it's like not just the you know drafting and dynasty man and especially with the with like the model work that I've done with the running backs and stuff like last year was super exciting with, you know, all the guys that we had to, you know, look at. I mean, it really was like, you may not think of it as historical right now, but did the the class had nine, I believe drafted in the first three rounds, which is a record. And you have right now still, even with JT underperforming, you have five guys in the top 24 out of the class. I think it is so, or four, four or five off the top of my head. And I know Dobbins until, you know, if he plays in the last like four or five weeks, he's gotten into the top 30, I believe. So, I mean, it's, it's coming. The young guys are here. And then, you know, J Rob coming out of nowhere is a UDFA yes. is just massive. I mean, he, he kind of tided everybody over until the rest of these guys came on. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's awesome. I love I love draft season too. Like I think that's what got me into Dynasty in the first place was like, I had just followed the NFL draft as it was. And so uh, you know, looking at these guys coming into redraft season, I'd be like, man, I was on that guy to begin with. And so yeah, Dynasty allows me to get those guys. So it's absolutely one of my favorite things too. No, no yeah. And you, you definitely have that extra level of like uh you, you know, you, you have something in in it, you know what I mean? You you you're you have some skin in the game with your tool, so you get to like look at it. 
and go back and say, Hey, I was right. I was wrong. Whatever it yeah. is. I mean, it doesn't, you know, I don't know how much you care about being right or wrong, but it's fun to look at regardless. Oh, definitely, definitely a process over result guy, but everybody yeah. wants to be right. You know of I course. mean? And yeah. I was, I was glued to the TV just, I mean, watching the ticker go by and you know, it, Clyde goes first overall and I had him going fifth and I was just like, Oh, here we go. It's going to here. Uh, come on, come on. And then swift. I literally projected the draft pick in the model and I was just like <laughs> back on track, back <laughs> on track, you know, and then JT goes, and then I got the draft slot right for acres. And it was just like, okay, here we go. And through the top, I think it was through the top eight. I had the first eight off the board all correct, and it was I think it was like ninety four percent accurate, and so yeah, man, just, that kind of feels so good. It yeah. was it was really nice, and then after that, after the third round, I mean, who cares? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Let's throw those results cares. out. No, <laughs> no I mean, it's awesome, man. No, it's uh, it was definitely fun. It was. It was scary though, man, you know, cause no, you don't want to like put all that time into something and just have it tank, you know, yeah. in year one, when you're trying to make it a thing and just have it nosedive. And so it was definitely something I was sweating a little bit, but like, it was, it was exciting to just like, I've never sat in front of the TV on draft day, like that invested, you know, Yeah, like, no shit. I watch, but like that invested just like, okay, somebody take, I got, three picks to get him in three picks to get him in on the draft pick. You know, like it, it was exciting. Awesome, man. So in a dynasty, do you have any tools that you use or, or some of the favorite tools that you use or websites or just, a, uh, uh, what am I looking for? People you go to or anything yeah. like that help you in your dynasty experience. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, it's nice being a writer for DLF because I mean, the Slack chat over there is just, I mean, it's, 40 some people who like this is what they breathe you know this is what they do and so there's some of the, just the absolute best you could absolutely hope to talk to over there and the twitter community is i mean extensive and you'll get so many different like you, you're never going to get one opinion on something you know if you put the question out there you're going to get all sorts of different answers and you can it's it's better that way you know you don't want just it's kind of almost weird when you ask what you think is a hard question and, and everybody just agrees like on one, one, one end of it. And you're just like, but what, like, I just don't see it. You know, I, I, mm -hmm. don't, I don't see it. You want to get those, those differing opinions and, and points of view. And then, I mean, yeah, as, as far as people, I mean, just guys, you, you guys, I'm sure know, like, I mean, Peter Howard is one of the best and he's always willing to talk to you always willing to, to help people with data. I mean, one of the absolute best in data and just guys like, like Addison, you've been working with Addison for quite a while, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. He's him and uh, Matt Williams gave me my start over at FFS. So forever, forever grateful to those two guys right there, man, always will have love for them. And Addison actually step-by-step step, pretty much sat and looked over my shoulder on the on the running back tool and just kind of, I just bounced ideas, you know, like, cause you gotta have a, when you're doing something, you have to have a reason for doing something. You can't just do something and not be able to explain the context of it or why, why it's there, you know, why it's a part of this. And so, you know, Hey, does this sound right? If I'm, I'm doing it under the premise that, you know, A, B and C are going to be, you know, come from this and, you know, 
yeah, no. And he, you know, he's, he's, it's nice with Addison because he's not afraid to just tell me no, like, no, that doesn't sound right at all. Oh, okay. <laughs> Let's rethink this, you know? So it's good. It's good to have people that'll put you in check like that too. Like productive criticism is almost better than positive criticism, you know, in a lot of ways. So it's, you, you want to be told when you're wrong because you want to be able to turn around and, and correct it, you know? So that, that's, uh, that's another good thing. Like as far as the, the DLF Slack chat, I mean, there's no, nobody's shy in there about saying like, you are out of your damn mind, <laughs> you know? So it's, nah, yeah. it's good, but yeah. There's some no, good guys though. I mean, definitely all of them, Madison, everybody, but Peter, shout out to Peter Howardman. He literally will give you any free data advice, anything you ever need. So, you know, you, anybody, I'm sure anybody has ever reached out to him. He's <laughs> responded to you and uh, that's not like many. So he's, he's one of a kind for sure. Just, just bear with his typing skills. <laughs> I, he, he means very, very well. And if you can just overlook the, the typing, you get a lot of good info part of the personality <laughs> exactly and he doesn't care about it he's in decaf <laughs> mode all the time awesome that kind of segues into the next little topic i want to talk about actually so you talked about twitter and putting putting things out there and being able to bounce ideas off of each other and you'll get different views from different people but um you know, this is something i've been stuck on for a couple of weeks and uh, maybe it's more i'm trying to look at me personally and seeing if it's affecting me and how i'm uh managing my, my teams, especially in dynasty. Um, but group think, um, my question is to both of you guys, um, has Twitter made you a better or worse player? Do you think? Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I can take that first, I guess I, for me, I mean, I, it's likely made me a worse player for some reason, like what we're talking about here, group think or something, but, uh, you know, I, I I say that as far as like opinions, but it, I mean, thinking about it as a whole, it's definitely made me better because I've been in contact with guys like David and Peter and everybody, you know, everybody in the community. So, so Twitter is definitely the, one of the best places for the fantasy community, but from a, from like an opinion perspective, you know, there's a, like, like David was kind of saying, I think there's a whole ton of opinions out there and you can kind of get e either side of any argument when you, when you look on, on any post really. So, uh, you know, it, I guess uh, as a whole, it's probably made us all better. I, I think I'd right in line there. I mean, like, I've definitely held on to an opinion a little too long at times because, you you know, you're like, you're going back and forth. You're, yeah, you're going back and forth with somebody and you, you just, it's, you know, there's those, you love everybody, but there's, there's people that you certainly want to be right over that, you know, you want to be correct and have them be wrong on something because, you know, there, there's all sorts of people that are, you know, everybody's got their attitude on Twitter and some people just like to, they like to come at, you know, like, Hey, I disagree with what you're saying. It's like, no, dude, you're stupid. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, okay, well tell me why, you yeah. know, like, please explain to me why I'm stupid, <laughs> you know? So like, it's, you, sometimes you'll kind of, I'll hold on to some things a little too long, longer than I would have prior to Twitter. But I think, like you said, overall, in general, they, they, there's just so much good info, man. It's almost hard to become worse, you know? Yeah, I totally agree. I, I think the thing with me, like I was saying before, is just kind of like I, 
I think I allow Twitter to kind of move me off of guys. So like opposite of you or you're, you're taking a stand and even Billy does pretty big time. You know, he's like, come fight me. Like, this is, this is the hill I'm standing on. <laughs> These are the facts. And this is why. And like, you know, me, I'm like, you know, maybe not the guy you want. I mean, you might want to go into battle with me, but you're not wanting me to lead you. Is what I'm saying. It's like, it's like, because <laughs> I'm just being real. Like, after Uriah a while, comes with the good info, the good backup info for me, but he's, he's not he's, trying to lead the charge. Yeah, he, yeah. He's that guy who's repeating what you're saying behind you. You know, yeah. I'll quote tweet yeah, you, be like, this guy knows. You know, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah Higby. That, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not top ten. Not top ten. <laughs> just chiming in. <laughs> just pops out from behind every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. He will though. No lie. No lie. I'll get like little Twitter notifications from your eye where he's like, "Is this you?" And it's like, <laughs> it's, it's like, it's like T. Higgins is number one wide receiver in the NFL. I'm like, all right, yeah, I guess it is me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it's it's funny, man. Just. Twitter's a funny place, dude, for all sorts of stuff like that, you know? Yeah, you got to take a lot of it with a grain of salt, but it is an incredible place to connect with people and get your info out there and, and, and read other people's, like, information and stuff. It really is. It's 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 one of the best. I mean, without it, I wouldn't have become a writer. I wouldn't have gotten in a dynasty. Uh, and I, not in that order. I wouldn't have gotten in a dynasty, and I wouldn't become a writer. And, uh, and yeah, so, I mean, it's it's I, I have nothing bad to say about that community, man, at all. It's filled yeah. with great people pretty much the same like i i didn't play fantasy forever because i was like i can't cheer for players that aren't on the cowboys you <laughs> oh, oh, oh you guys are both cowboys fans we oh, yeah. talk you know that. i only invite cowboys fans on <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i i held out for a long time and then a buddy of mine he was just like hey i'm starting a league if you want in let me know and i'll get you in there it's like you know it's good i'll try it out fell in love with it didn't go on Twitter. I don't have any social media, none. Like I've never had a Facebook. I haven't had anything since MySpace. And he, uh, he, 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 uh, he, you know, he, he sends me a text and he's like, Hey, just got on Twitter. Going to be getting all the firsthand info from, you know, the beat reporters and this like that. And I was like, no, you can't be the only one getting firsthand info. I got to wait for it to come out on a podcast or read it on the news or something, you know? And I was like, so got on Twitter and literally like saw somebody go, should I become a writer? And I was like, wait, what? It's that. And like a week later, this uh, website was announcing them as a writer. And I was like, it's that easy. <laughs> so I, I, I just wrote it. I wrote Matt Williams from, uh, from FFS and I was like hey are you guys by chance taking submissions and he's like yeah absolutely you know tell me what you'd like to write about and uh, send me in a, uh, a submission we'll and we'll talk and about five edits later he was he like you think the articles it's long there my submission article for FFS was 5,000 words oh and, my god you're <laughs> hilarious dude that's amazing he, he, he goes <laughs> Yeah, he, he just goes, we need to take it down. Like, he's like, we, he's like, people just, it's hard to get people to have that kind of attention span to sit and read something that long, you know, and he's, he's like, they're, they're, out, they're out there, but not a lot of them on Twitter, you know, and so I, I edited it down, I got it down to like 2400 words. And he goes, all right, all right, we're releasing it uh, on, uh, on Friday. And I, from that point on, just went off and wrote 
That's awesome. Is like 115 articles for FFS before they sold wow. over the DLF. Wow, that's incredible. Uh, yeah. He's like, he's like, that's going to be a four part series. We're going to turn this into. <laughs> that's, uh, that's funny. You say that. Cause I wrote, I wrote season wrap ups for every division last year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it, they were, uh, they were eight to 9,000 words a piece. And I was like, but you got to think about it. I'm writing f- basically four articles, you know, like right, writing, right. writing 2,400 words a, on each team. So it's just like four articles. And two of them came out and they were like, dude, we got to break them up. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. You will get so much more eyes on them if they're not just people open them and it's just like scroll, 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 scroll. Yeah, okay, I'm, I'm done. I don't have any more time. I'm done going poop. It's, it's, crazy how much, <laughs> it, it's crazy how much response you get to a 500 word article, like a little profile. Uh, yeah, you know, it, it, <laughs> it people... really is. But it's the same with tweeting, though. Like, yep. I'll put out 10, 10 tweet threads. And I, I saw somebody tweeting the other day. He's like, man, it blows my mind that I can put out one sentence and have it go nuts. And I put some time and some effort into something and I'm all, it's like, nobody's like, there. You you're, know? Like, you're like 17 likes. You're like, come on, man. What do you yeah. mean? I follow, like, I have like a thousand some followers. Like, come on now. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> hit I, me with some likes, guys. <laughs> I, I think my, I think my most successful tweet like ever was, uh, I, I honestly think I just tweeted like last week, Jonathan Taylor has a 96.3% catch rate and it went nuts. And I, so I was like, Oh sweet. I'm going to write a thread about this. And it was like three likes. Like, oh, come on, man. What? <laughs> like, I'm telling you, everybody on Twitter has their settings set to the most recent tweet shows. Not like, you're not the most recent, the top tweet shows. So like, they don't get like any of your recent shit. I'm like convinced. I'm like, how can you guys not be seeing this shit? Exactly. Exactly. It's funny. It, it really is funny, man. It was so true when I saw the, I, I just commented and I was like, dude, I feel this like <laughs> in my bones. I feel this, <laughs> but yeah, it's a great place though. Well, that was fun, man. I, I, I agree with you guys for the most part on all that. Uh, I probably would, uh, I would have met most of you guys if it wasn't for twitter anyway so next little topic i'd like to talk on uh is uh trading with playoff teams so because i made a this only came up because i made a trade um with a pretty big contender on a dynasty team um and i did in a dm kind of get like some flack for it um because it's totally within the rules right there's no trade deadline in this dynasty this particular league um but how do you guys feel about trade deadlines in general and trading with playoff teams if you're not contending or even if you are? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, so I've come around a little bit on this. Like, I, I was kind of, I, you know, I, I think trade trade deadlines for leagues that are really active can be can be good sometimes because because they um <clears throat> they create what is it called? They create you know a bit of urgency for for playoff teams and and other teams to get rid of players and whatnot, but um for you know i i've kind of come around to thinking that trade deadlines really don't need to exist or or you know leagues are better without trade deadlines because or just you know any deadline at all because it does allow for constant movement you know it allows for constant activity no no team's really going to get stagnant they can still play for you know the consolation bracket whatever but I, you know I, i'm kind of open to to no trade deadlines i don't know what what about what are your thoughts on it david i think uh I think if 
whatever is in your rules. You know what I mean? Like, if you don't if you don't have a trade deadline in your rules, then nobody can say anything if you make a trade. If you and, and this isn't redraft, so there are no, you know, you're not having a team that is not going to be the same next year because they're going to repick a completely different team that's you know basically you know one in one in ten trading with the team in first place and making them completely better. And that has no, you know, that serves absolutely no purpose for the team in last place in a redraft, but in dynasty, it absolutely serves a purpose because you're continuing on to next year. You're likely getting draft picks. You're likely getting, you know, assets that haven't hit yet that you believe will take on next year, you know? So it's, I think the reason people do have an issue with it is because they're thinking about it like kind of in a redraft sense. You don't want to sway the competitive balance right when you hit the playoffs and all of a sudden now you got this super contender. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because in Dynasty you you lose something and in redraft that guy like he does he doesn't lose anything. He's trading away like I mean so I I I think if you're against a or if you're for a trade deadline in Dynasty, I think you need to kind of or still maybe need to separate yourself a little more from the redraft theory kind of of it because we're you you want active leagues you want it to that's that's why they made it that's why so many people trade in dynasty and it and it goes and you know it goes crazy and you just carry it through you want it to stay active because when if a dynasty league isn't active at all the chances are it's probably not gonna be around much longer you know? absolutely and then also, if you're going to have a trade deadline, that means that even the guys who aren't contending aren't allowed to trade during that time. And it just That's it opens time, you up. To, you know? Yeah, it opens yeah. you up to like a stagnant, you know, uh, league, which nobody really wants to be a part of. So I'm absolutely team uh, no deadline. So, And you always got to think about it like, yeah, he's going for win now, but he just gave up his, you know, two first round picks and his second round pick to get to get this guy who can help him win now, but now he just handcuffed himself for, for the draft for next year, possibly because maybe he's going out and getting Zeke and maybe Zeke isn't, you know, I mean, a lot of people think like Zeke's on the fall off. I careful what you say, man. Careful what you say. Hey, hey <laughs> you know me, you, you know me. I am a firm believer that Zeke would look a heck of a lot different if Dak was still playing quarterback mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. that, that right there just adds so much more pressure and then their line is i mean they, they all they don't have any of their perennial pro bowlers anymore right now you know one retired and two are on ir so it's like i mean what, what's he supposed to do and people are like well if you're elite you should be doing this and it's like what if people complain about barkley all the time inefficiency like because he plays behind a crap old line but when he breaks one he breaks one so yeah it's great but I mean, I've heard so many people like Barkley's an inefficient runner. Like you guys are probably still arguing YPC with people, you know, like, <laughs> like Jesus. good light. Like the O line is, is the O line's 70% of what happens, you know? So, I mean, it's, yeah, it's hard to create yards when you're getting tackled or hit behind the line of scrimmage or holes aren't opening it up. You can't, he can't block and run at the same time. So and even hey, then, and even then, he was creating yards. I don't know what people are mm -hmm. talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
Okay. No, it's, uh, I mean, just the thing, you know, back, I'll, I preach, people probably hate hearing me say JT, but <laughs> I just, I mean, I looked at a game they had and he literally had 0 0.1 yards before contact. 0 0.1. Like that's getting hit in the face as the ball's getting handed to you. Like, I don't, I, I don't care who you are, what like generational or not, like those guys lining up across from you are NFL players too. So like their job is to tackle people like you. Like if you don't break a tackle every time in the back, like we can't all be, you know, Barry Sanders. <laughs> so that's I mean, true. I mean, and if you look at the the usage from the coach there, you know, given uh Hines a lot of work and even Wilkins a lot of work. Given you know? Wilkins 10 carries a week. Yeah. yeah. I think it would be the community would be saying, I mean, I think in my opinion, the smart folks are still on JT because he's absolutely a stud. He's just not getting the shot. We kind of were hope we were hoping he would get. Yeah. So and um, it, the thing, like it, it's like, I, um, you, if you look at like their usage, like when they're all three touching the ball, He's the only one getting it straight up the middle on almost every carry. And it's like, dude, this dude ran a four, three, nine, get him on the edge, get him in space. Like he leads the NFL among all qualified in yards after the reception. I was about to like, say, as you said, he has a ton. He has a, a I didn't super, know that he has a super high catch rate this year. Like they don't use him at all really in the, in the passing game. It's a, uh, it's very frustrating to watch. Yeah, he he's a uh, he has he I put this out a little while ago. He is dead last in the league in yards before the catch at negative two point five, and he's number one in the league in yards after the catch at eleven. I think it's like eleven point seven or something like that. That's insane. Like he he's that's a getting, good nugget. <laughs> he's getting dude, he's getting thirteen yards every time he catches the ball. It's just he's catching it almost three yards behind the line of scrimmage. <laughs> so like, like he, he can do so much more than what they're doing with him in my opinion. And yeah, I mean, but that was, I, I can't even, I can't even hate on it though, because like, that's, that was half the reason the landing spot was so great for him. Yeah, you know, it was like, true. It was, Phil, yeah. Phil passes to running backs, you know, like that's what he does. That's, Melvin, I mean, Melvin Gordon was a perfect example coming from the same college. Like a guy who didn't catch it a ton, plays with Phillips Rivers, catches it a ton, you know? So it was like the writing was on the wall for him to be a pass catcher. And just before this last game, he only had three fewer receptions than Clyde Edwards Hilaire. It was 26 to 29. I think Clyde only caught one ball. So it's 30 to 26 right now, like on 20 fewer targets. Like, preach, I mean, preach. Give him, give him the ball. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, make oh, me want to go buy, go buy some JT right now. Damn. Yeah, the shit. Right? It's, I mean, and I don't think you're gonna get. I think people are still smart enough to like. They're not throwing him. You know, like give me anything. You know, it's not yeah, like yeah, that. Sure. Obviously, yet, but I, I definitely like I. So, people tried to get him from me early in the year. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm going to hold. I don't think he's anywhere near his value. And then 
you know, all of a sudden Naheem Hines has a huge game and everybody's like, everybody missed on JT, everybody missed on JT. Now people are coming back after him and I'm like, no, 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 because I don't think he's now he's really not close to his peak value for me. So like I I've had like like this battle inside my head, like, oh man, that's a great offer. But God, I just think just wait for that breakout game and I can get another draft pick on top of that, you know? And like, and then Naheem Hines has the breakout game and it's like, oh, wait, I think wait, it's send coming. me, send me that other one again. You know, like, I think it's so. coming. I, I think you hold for a while. It's too early. It's too yeah, early. Absolutely. So. Full, full agreement. I do have one, one quick question for you, David, though. So with your model right now, who's just real quick, like who's your top three running backs for 2021? We need the it's, inside info. It's pretty easily like it's it's uh like tier one. I have Etienne, and he he's he's kind of a, a step up from the other two as far as in the grading. But it's Etienne, Harris, and Javante Williams, and then it's like you know dot 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 tier two type of thing right now. So it's those three, but like some guys that are are really on the rise. I'm sure everybody and their mom saw Jarrett Patterson just go bonkers. I mean, 408 and people are sitting there going, but he didn't catch any passes. He's like, Dude, <laughs> 408. They, they completed 10 <laughs> passes in the game, 10 <laughs> passes in the game. And two dudes, they, they, like their backup had 102. Like, not not enough air yards. Yeah, I mean, so like he he's obviously climbing, and this is a data. He had, he had like a hundred fantasy points, dude. Oh my god, I not can't enough. even. No, I don't. I think you're underselling it, man. I think it might have been more than a hundred. I think it was. It was ridiculous. Yeah. So obviously, like it's a data-driven model. So like his last two weeks of like 700 yards and. 10 touchdown or whatever he's done in the last two weeks. Hey, he's obviously climbing, but uh, Jamar Jefferson, he's, he's on the rise right now. Some guys, I'm, I'll, I'll give you some more disappointments. Uh, Chuba, Chuba's fallen. This, really? this one's wow. Chuba has he's this season kind of makes me sad, man. He should not have went back. He should have came out last year. I mean, he probably was like, you know, I'm probably going to go fifth, sixth, next year I can go second. You know what I mean? Like, and it's, it's just, he should have went last year. And it, so, so him going back, so him going back changed his draft capital that much that it's going to, it's going to well, affect it. Like, go ahead. Sorry. On top of it, on top of his performance. On top of his negative performance. Right. Yeah. So, his, yeah. he, he hasn't been the same Chuba Hubbard we saw, you know, this year as compared to, previous and crazy. he so he's kind of dropping a little bit he's still you know like falling from four to seven type of thing you know what i mean right, like right, not, right. not tanking but as you um, said though in this class the dot 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 it like falls off very fast very yeah no very true very true and it, and it's still like 2020 you know by far and away still over 2021 i mean just if you got people that are doubting the 2020 backs, like go grab them from them because they're, they're good still. They're just, I mean, it's a COVID off season, this season, you got to take everything with a grain of salt. So, but um, this one will kind of hurt Uriah. Um, Max Borgie is down, down, down. 
I mean, he's missed the, a couple games, right? He they said there's talks he might not be back. Oh. I I read a thing on Roto World where they were saying like there there's a possibility that he doesn't play this year. The so, hell's happening with our Devi team, Uriah? It's um that that one hurts. I know it hurts me too. I'm a diehard Cougar fan. Like I don't want to see Max Borgie fail, but just some guys like that. And then if like just you know the Devi darling for a while, Zach Charbonnet from the 2022 class, he's fallen off a map. So you know you can if you can. Uh, I would suggest trying to move your shares if uh, <laughs> any Debbie players have. have hey, Max, there, Bor- Max Borg, Max Borg, you might be the guy we're, uh, we're shopping alongside. I know. Bigger uh, I feel bad because <laughs> yeah. like, everybody's going to be down on him, though. Like, I know. I know. But is it's, it the thing where you take what you can get at this point? Like, is it that bad? You know what I mean? Like, it's, uh, it's kinda... he, so if he went and played. And I saw I saw something kind of that disheartened me a little bit because we all know he can catch the ball. I mean, he's if he I originally I was like, dude, this if he goes and gets drafted later by New England, like James White ain't gonna be there next year more than likely. Like that would be something I would love. But then I saw something about his footwork and his lateral agility. Just like they just weren't there he looks stiff and that's something that belichick's probably you know that's the type of thing that would make him not like that's why he has james white you know james white is that guy you know quick burst catch the ball this is our guy in third downs everything like that but if if borgie can just catch the ball but he can't do anything with it like that so reading that kind of like it just kind of you know because i i'm not a film guy but i do I do listen to film guys. And so, I mean, taking, taking all the context you can, it doesn't hurt, you know? So, but yeah, it, it was, I mean, there were people trying to, trying to say CMC, you know, this is the next CMC. And it was like, no, 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 you're right. Don't point at yourself. Don't admit to that. He, look, he, he <laughs> yeah, looks so I, much I like that. him. <laughs> he Just cause he's short and white. That's the <laughs> only thing like they, yeah, they they are miles apart as far as prospect levels. Like CMC is on another level as a prospect, you know, in 2017 to what to what Borgie is, and it's you know, like I said, I don't, I'm not actively rooting against. I I am a diehard Cougar fan, so like I would love to see him back on the field this year. But yeah, the the I believe it's a back injury that's they they mentioned might cost him the season. That's unfortunate. Brutal. Well, man, David, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, like to have you on again during draft time or closer, to, you know, closer to draft times. Help us out with our Debbie team because apparently we have no idea what we're doing. Hey, th- just, just, <laughs> so, no. And you asked me before you guys picked up Borgie because I, I remember that, and I hadn't put in all the, the uh, 2022 guys, and. I was like, well, shit, from what I can, what do I have up here? Dude, he he, like, he looks pretty good. You know, he catches the ball a ton. He's very versatile. And then I started like going through and I was like, ah, (laughs) yeah. It was like, after we had picked him, you're like, it's not as good as I thought it would be. It's like, yeah, dude, I was like, damn, bro. It's like, I'm, I'm sorry, guys. So like, I'll take, I'll take at least you you guys push draft on the on the keyboard and this and that, but I I will take some 
heavy blame <laughs> on that. I'll, you know, I'll take 33% because I was directly asked <laughs> prior to the pick, what do I think about Max Borgi? And that is the good news at, is your model is validating, validating your model as it goes. So you know what? <laughs> we'll take yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, no, I will, I will, I will be better next time, fellas. <laughs> awesome, man. So no, and thank you guys for having me on. Very, very fun. Um, good to chat with you guys live and in person for the you know first time not uh not across the keys and stuff so um yeah no much appreciated fellas cool man. could you tell everybody once again uh where they can find you and what you do yeah uh, just at wilsonator uh w-i-l-l-s-o-n-h-t-o-r on twitter uh, over at dlf dynastyleaguefootball.com and everything else i do you can pretty much find on my twitter awesome man oh four corners fantasy podcast with my co-host alfred also available on the dynasty league football uh platform yes yeah and also so. follow alfred on twitter he's awesome yes awesome too. yes he is very much so so all right thanks again for listening guys uh be sure to follow us at the dynasty underdog uh follow you right at just your ff always give a listen to at any given pod with at Willie Beeman DFF and at Josh Goldberg AGP. Thanks for listening and you guys have a great night.